I so think Madison fun. Bumgarner just threw at Yasiel Puig. Like, just, you know, <laughs> like while we were having this conversation, super weird. <laughs> Absolutely. And neither have played for either of those teams for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And that's just the beauty of it. It's a great rivalry. always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, to the Anthony Irwin Show. I am Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, I am going to be joined by uh, Brady Klopfer. He runs Golden State of Mind, the SB Nation Warriors site. The Lakers and Warriors will be uh, tipping off in roughly 32 hours or whatever the number might be. And uh, so we're going to talk about the matchup, the seasons ahead for both of these organizations. I think uh, just in general this year, there's a ton of variance across all of these teams. There is no team that I would just definitively say, oh, I know how that season's going to go, except for the Utah Jazz. Um, <laughs> very true. <laughs> but, uh, but, but Brady, how are you, how you, how you holding up? You ready for the season? I'm very ready for the season. It, it feels like it's been a long off season for some reason, even though it has been a yeah. very short off season. <laughs> yeah, we um, missed an entire month of the off season. Right. But it still feels like, oh my goodness. It's yeah. finally the NBA season again. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. There's always like a sense of dread for me when the season starts also, cause it's kind of like, Oh, well there goes a portion of my life again. There, there go yeah. a lot of my nights, but uh, <laughs> it's exciting. I, I think like, I mean, like you said, this is, it's, it's a fun season for, for that reason that there's no one other than the, you know, first seed first round exit Utah jazz that, <laughs> that we know what they're going to do. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you could go down the list for the Western Conference. Like, I feel like you could probably make a case for like eight different teams yeah. that probably think that they should win the, win the conference. And that's just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it, it, basketball, especially in like the player empowerment era where you have so much player movement, you have so many super teams that are being formed and all that. Um, there just isn't, you know, there's, it's, it's a more predictable league usually. Yeah. But I think we're at in one of those years where, I can't predict anything, you know, I, I'm looking at, I, it's funny. I, I'm just kind of scrolling through Twitter. I was scrolling through Twitter this morning and everybody is, you know, here's the Chicago Bulls season preview. Here is the Brooklyn Nets season preview, you know, and, and, and you have, you know, people that are just kind of sending out their just like general thoughts on the season. And I haven't seen consensus on any team. Like I, I none. Yeah. <laughs> the only consensus is that we're sick of Ben Simmons and we're sick of Kyrie Irving. <laughs> like that's, that's it beyond that. We can't agree on anything and, yeah. and it makes, but like, it's not just because, you know, on Twitter, we literally debated the color of a dress, right? So like, we aren't gonna, <laughs> we, we aren't going to find consensus in general, but what I find interesting and really fascinating about the season is that like, not only can we not find consensus, but there isn't even like a, a, a foundation that we're building on those com those conversations about. And, and I think the Lakers and Warriors here are, are, are two of those teams that if the season goes really well, then championship, right? Could win a championship. I think both teams could. Yeah. If the season goes poorly, one too many injuries, whatever the situation might be, uh, you know, if, if the roster doesn't fit quite right, playing game, 
we, we might see these two teams in, in, in the playing game again. And yeah. so that's kind of where I wanted to start here with, with the Warriors. It's like, you know, what, what, how are you, what are the two ends of the spectrum for you heading into the season? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the fascinating thing about this entire league right now is like, like you said, like, I feel like no one, no one agrees on what's going to happen, but for the most part, we can kind of agree on what the best case scenario is and the worst case scenario is for most yeah. teams. But like that spans like 20, 25 wins for a lot of right. these teams, right? Yeah. It's like, not like, um, things go right. You're the fourth seed. Things go wrong. You're the sixth seed. It's like, we're really talking about like championship or missing the playoffs yes. as a legitimate range. And I think, you know, for the Warriors, they have the potential to be so, so good in my yeah. opinion. I mean, they set the regular season wins the record with the core of Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Clay Thompson. And mm -hmm. they're obviously not going to do that this year, but Steph is pretty close to that version of himself. Um, if Clay can come back at all similar to that version of himself, you have a, a very clear championship core and they've, and they've rebuilt the bench with people like Otto Porter Jr. And Nemanja Bielitsa who really fit with what they're trying to do. And, and to me, that makes it so that if everything hits, they're just in a great place, mm -hmm. but they have such a tiny margin for error. <laughs> this yeah. team has just such a tiny margin for error. Cause I mean, Steph Curry, he, he finished top three in MVP last year and they're in the play in game. Like mm -hmm. they, they've gotten better since then but they haven't gotten enough better to make up for the fact that things went pretty well for you last year and you still ended up in the play-in games and lost those games lost, for yeah. that matter. Like lost to the Lakers, no big deal. Lost to the Grizzlies, kind well, of a big deal. Um, so, you know, a Steph Curry injury, even like not a severe one, but one that, you know, takes him out for a month or something like that, mm -hmm. that can just ruin the entire season. Clay Thompson not being Clay Thompson, then you're probably a playoff team that doesn't actually put fear in anybody. Like no, no one thinks they can win a championship if Clay Thompson isn't Clay Thompson. Yeah. Bielitsa, Otto Porter Jr., Andre Iguodala, all injury prone players. One or two of those guys miss half the season. And then suddenly you're like banking on Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga being able to play quality minutes mm -hmm. and lead you to a championship. Not going to happen. So yeah, I mean, I think more so than almost any team in the league, the difference between how good they can be and how bad they might be is just enormous, just because there is so much potential and so little margin for error that they just got to hit on everything to make it work. What are you hearing about Clay Thompson? Because he, before the last couple of seasons, he was a cyborg, right? Like he just, he, he didn't miss games. Yeah. Uh, he would get hurt. And, and then get back faster than, you know, you might anticipate normally. Uh, but he has had two of the more brutal injury riddled seasons that you can possibly, like the seasons couldn't have gone worse for him, torn ACL and then torn Achilles. So like, what, what, what is your, how optimistic are you that you do see the real Clay Thompson or is that, is that just kind of not in the cards? Um, mildly optimistic like i don't think we're gonna see the like all nba version of him but i think we could still get an all-star version of him um admittedly i'm feeling just a little optimistic based on the last few years of players coming back from achilles injuries mm -hmm. and look at how well kevin durant came back how well brianna stewart came back like uh i don't know maybe that's just really good luck uh, but maybe it's some advancements that have been made in rehab yeah. and medical field and whatnot so i'm a little optimistic 
Um, Tom Brady might actually reason. be immortal. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> um, so, you know, but I think the thing that Clay really has going for him is that his game was never predicated too much on his athleticism. Um, you know, he probably suffers a bit as a defender if he loses some of his athleticism, but he's still going to be one of the greatest shooters of all time. He's still going to be brilliant at moving off ball. And he never got space moving off ball because he was fast or shifty. He just understood angles, understood timing and things like that. And then he has such a quick release and such an ability to get squared to the hoop, even if he's like facing away from it, um, which is just a remarkable skill. So, you know, I think offensively, I think he should be very close to the same player as long as he's able to get back on the court defensively probably takes a little bit of a hit there. Um, but they also probably, you know, play with him more up a position, use him a little bit more as a small forward where, where maybe he can rely on his size and his strength more uh, and his lateral quickness a little bit less. But honestly, my biggest fear is it's just, it's scary watching players that you like who are coming back from big injuries and yeah. you just, you worry that it's, it's going to happen again. It only takes that, you know, one wrong step, that one wrong movement, someone running into you wrong and suddenly you're out for another season, season and a half. And that's just, I hope that he's able to get to a place because he's such a, you know, carefree and lovable dude. Well, maybe not from a Lakers standpoint, lovable. No, but, I, I freaking love Clay Thompson. He's I guess, one of my know, favorite, like non-Lakers of all time. I guess Lakers people have to, you know, love the Thompson family, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of good, good stuff going on there. But uh, I, so I hope that he's, you know, Honestly, more than the basketball standpoint, I hope that he's able to return and and not be scared, not be yeah. hesitant on the court. Trust his body. And, mm-hmm. Exactly, which is hard. But, you know, even if he's just a kind of a 3 and D guy, he's still a really good player. Um, yeah. But they might need him to be a star. And we'll see if he can actually do that. Do you think, you know, because it's not, it's not the murderer's row that it was for the 73 yeah. season. Definitely isn't the, the Kevin Durant type of <laughs> roster. <laughs> Turns out he's kind of tough to re- uh, to replace. Yeah, but... that kind of seemed to take people by surprise that Andrew Wiggins <laughs> couldn't quite fill the KD size void. <laughs> he just, he Kevin Durant might be the most underrated player of our lifetime. Like he just he played yeah. in the LeBron era, and so we suck at analyzing the second best anything. But like he's very true. He's like a uh, anyway different conversation. But <laughs> but so so. <laughs> Uh, my question is like, so with this roster, you know, and, and the direction of the organization, they're trying to find this balance of developing youth and uh, making a, a, a long-term sustainable, uh, you know, path of success is, is what the, the Warriors are trying to do. It reminds me, frankly, of uh, when the Lakers just signed LeBron and they had Lonzo Ball. They had Brandon Ingram and they had all these yeah. young guys. And we were told we were, you know, oh, we not only want to be successful with LeBron here, but we also want to set up the organization moving forward as well. It just turns out when you have players, championship level players, they get kind of sick of kids, you know, yep. <laughs> to, to quote, to, to quote Michael Jordan, fuck them kids. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I think, I think here with, with, uh, you know, with Steph and with Draymond and with Clay, you have a title window that may might potentially be behind him, depending on on where Clay is at athletically. But let's say it's open right now. Do you do you feel confident in the sustainability of grooming kids while you have 
this kind of a title window, or do you think you have to commit one way or the other? I'm not super confident in it, to be honest. Um, and <laughs> Draymond Green had a had a pretty um, scathing quote at Media Day where someone mm. asked him about it, and he like kind That's of weird. He never says anything. I don't know. <laughs> He's very very quiet, subdued. No no controversy yeah. ever from him. Um, but he he like kind of sounded a little optimistic and confident, and then he was like just straight up said. No one's ever made it work before, though. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. no one's ever, and it's true. Like, no one has really ever done that, unless, I mean, I guess you could maybe claim that, like, the Spurs did it a little bit, but it's different when you're like drafting generational talents yeah. and having number one picks and things like that. Um, honestly, like, I think the, the biggest problem for the Warriors with this plan of theirs is that the odds are just entirely stacked against their young players being that good in the first place Mm -hmm. let alone having to like groom them and let them grow into that role like i like their young players but like let's be honest the reality of james wiseman jonathan kaminga or moses moody turning into a franchise player that you can build your next championship team around is really slim yeah and it's nothing against any of them that's just the odds of the number two pick in a bad draft Mm -hmm. and two mid to late lottery picks like like you look at the Philadelphia 76ers or something like that. And everyone goes, Oh, well, you know, their process worked. They got Joel Embiid. They got Ben Simmons. Forget about that mess for a second. Like, okay, well, they also got Nerlens Noel and Jalil Okafor and mm-hmm. Michael Carter Williams. And like a lot of, you got to take a lot Marco of swings. Fultz and- Marco <laughs> Fultz. So like, I'm pessimistic just from that standpoint that like you can't bank on three random lottery picks being your next era. Um, and I do think that if, they were to get someone like a Bradley Beal available in a trade, I do think that they should go all in um, yeah. to get that player. I don't know if that player is available. Um, so I think, you know, the challenge for them is honestly to just focus on winning and see mm-hmm. if they can develop those players elsewhere, whether it's sending them to the G League, whether it's garbage. Playing, yeah. Praying that you do what you did a few years ago and have, just an abundance of fourth quarters that don't matter where mm-hmm. you can just start throwing these players in. Uh, I, I don't think it'll work if they try to play those players at all in meaningful yeah. minutes. Like if they try to get contributions from any of those three, maybe like a few minutes here and there for James Wiseman. Um, if they feel like they've got the right matchups that they can exploit or something like that, but he was so bad last year. So um, it, it's going to take an unconventional approach and, and I think that they can do a decent job with it, but Ultimately, I don't think those things are particularly compatible. And I think there's a reason that you've never seen that in the NBA. You know, dynasties don't last for a long time. They don't last longer than the first superstars that made them, unless you have kind of like a, the big market thing of bringing in more stars from outside, but that's, you know, an entirely different ball game that they're not going to be able to do because they've got all their money tied up already. So, yeah, well, it's just, you know, it, it's the meme from uh, Arrested Development, right? Where it didn't work for anybody else, but it might but... for us, <laughs> you know, yeah, that, and the that Lakers have that, that. their own version of that too, with Russell Westbrook, right? Like mm-hmm. he hasn't been able to win anywhere else, <laughs> but he might win here, you know? And, and, and I'm, I'm looking at the, the Warriors and it's like, I don't know. I maybe I am uh, maybe I'm you know too hardline on this in my stance, but I feel like you you kind of you're doing Steph a disservice, or you're doing the fan base a disservice 
Draymond, Clay, these guys who have won for you already, you only are going to have so many more chances of them winning again. You have to go all in. You have to, you know, and, and yeah, does it mean that in the uh, immediate aftermath of the end of their run, you're going to suck for a little while? Sure. But chances are you're going to suck at that. Like no matter what you could, you could try to, you could try to make it work with these kids. But if you're trying to develop them right now and you kind of have a hand in each of those on, on either side of the fence, you're never, you're not going to do either one of those things particularly well. You're not going to win at the level that you need to win right now. And you're not going to develop those players in the way that they need to be developed because your focus has to be winning, you know? Yeah. And, and, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm with Draymond, I'm with you and having seen it, you know, up, up close and personal with LeBron and Lonzo and Ingram and Kuz and all that, that entire generation going all in and trading for Anthony Davis. is kind of fun. <laughs> winning, winning yeah. championships is, is, is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of want to segue over to the way that these two teams match up and uh, one criticism that I think is, is uh, fair of the direction of the NBA is like how similar so many teams that were focused on winning and analytics, like the way that they look, there was no, there was no mixing and matching of, of, uh, you know, styles fighting styles. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and I think here with the Lakers and the Warriors, you do have clashes where, the Lakers want to be bigger, stronger, faster. Um, when they have looked their best so far this preseason, it's just unrelenting attacks on the basket. Um, and then the Warriors are the opposite of that. They are basically shooting 63s a game, <laughs> Some, something insane. And, and their identity is, is more just firing bombs, artillery shells at, at the team that they're going up against. And I, I love the idea of, of these clashing styles and the way that this might play out. How do you see the teams matching up? Yeah, it, it's, a, it's such a fun stylistic matchup that I, I really hope we get. I mean, this is looking way too far down the road, but I really hope we get them in the playoffs because I think it would yeah. be so fun to have the coaches actually game planning against each other at, at that more uh, deep, minutial level. Um, I mean, I think as far as the matchup goes, the fascinating thing to me is going to be can the Warriors slow down the Lakers offense, even though the Lakers offense hasn't been as good as you would probably expect mm-hmm. in, or like last year, it wasn't as good as you would expect given the names on the court. Um, but the Warriors are going to play so small in this game. You know, Kevon Looney's already an undersized center. I don't think he's going to play a ton of minutes. James Wiseman is the only other center on the roster and he's injured. There's going to be primarily Draymond Green at the five probably a healthy dose of Nemanja Bialica, a little bit of Juan Toscano-Anderson, just a bunch of guys who physically are small forwards, maybe power forwards. Mm-hmm. And you put that against just an enormous Lakers team that should be able to also rebound just way better than the Warriors, who yeah, that's just yeah. a glaring weakness already. Um, and I think that the Warriors offense should be able to generate opportunities with those smaller lineups but those opportunities only matter if you're able to get a stop in the first place and and i think that's just going to be fascinating to see what they do with anthony davis um what they do defending the pick and rolls it's you know it's a switch heavy defense uh but 
well, the Lakers are just a difficult team to to play a switch heavy defense against. Yeah. Like you, you don't want to get someone stuck on on Anthony Davis or on LeBron James for that matter. Right. Like you get Nemanja Bjelica on LeBron James and Jordan Poole on Anthony Davis, we've got some some pretty serious <laughs> issues here, you yeah. know. And and then you're just hoping that that. Westbrook chucks up a 30 footer instead of, you know, the entry pass to Anthony Davis, there, <laughs> which it's might so happen. Funny. It's so funny the way that. So Laker fans would have made that exact joke last year, right? Like if he was, if he was, if he was on a different team, Laker fans would have said like, you have to hope for Russ to go full Russ. Right. And it's the same thing. Like we just talked about a second ago that like, well, maybe he won't do that because he's a Laker now, right? And you like, talk yourself into it, man. There's, there is no truer form of Lakers exceptionalism than ignoring the laws of the Newtonian laws of the NBA that Russ is always going to go full Russ. It's just a matter of whether you can sustain your identity as he goes full Russ. Mm -hmm. So it's just, you know, for the Lakers, I'm, I'm really interested in, in what they do to mitigate Russ going full Russ. And, and one thing that they're doing is, Hey, just go set screens. Like just if we make screens accountable stat and you can get <laughs> triple doubles for setting screens, can we, can we make that happen in the league office? Because it would make Russ a better player. It would make him a more effective player and a more uh, efficient third star here. And, and, and yet, even with all that said, like Russ Steph, is is a, a you know a matchup for the ages right like they've been going toe to toe forever it's must see tv um, yeah it is sure. it is and then you have you know lebron steph and the lebron draymond and, and, and anthony davis and draymond and draymond is like the only guy in the nba who can effectively and consistently slow anthony davis down other than anthony davis when he just <laughs> he plays the wrong position but so like it, it it's it's such a really cool matchup and we might get, you know, you're going to get the four games over the course of the season. You might get a, a playoff matchup that might go seven games. You're looking potentially at 11 games between these two teams that are all going to be, like you said, must-see TV. And my question to Adam Silver is like, what are you willing to sacrifice to make that happen? <laughs> can we get Tim Donahue back in the NBA so that we can get this matchup? Everyone uh, pay very close attention to the ref assignments. Right, right. Scott Foster gets all four games. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, I, I, what's the, because, you know, we had the Lakers uh, or the Dodgers Giants series that should have been a seven game series, but it was only yes. a five gamer. And I feel like that was that that generated an ember in the Bay and SoCal mm -hmm rivalry and the, and the, and the disdain from city to city, San Fran and LA. And, and I'm just kind of curious, like for, for the Bay and, and where you're at and your readership and all that, like, is this a matchup that the Bay is, is really getting behind really firing up? Cause these two teams have never been good at the same time. It has never happened. Yeah. Um, it's honestly weird that they have never been good at the it same is. time. It's really <laughs> it, weird. It dates back to like the seventies for some reason, both these teams are not allowed to be good at the same time, but they are going to be, I think, finally good at the same time, finally. And so, yeah, like, are, 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 are you sensing uh, an excitement level? What's the level of excitement in the Bay for this matchup, this rivalry? It's definitely very exciting, but 
it also just pales so dramatically in comparison to like Giants Dodgers. Oh man. Which yeah. even when Giants and Dodgers have the years where they're not even close, you know, like the last few years before this year, the Dodgers were great, the Giants were awful. It's still just such an intense rivalry. You go to yeah. a game and and everyone yells at you. It's it's great. It's it's I so think much Madison fun. Bumgarner just threw at Yasiel Puig. Like just you know, <laughs> like while we were having this conversation, super weird. <laughs> Absolutely. And neither have played for either of those teams for a long time. <laughs> yeah. And that's just the beauty of it. It's a great rivalry. But you know, and basketball just doesn't have those rivalries in general, I don't think. Um, maybe because you only play each other three to four times a year instead of the 19 times that the yeah. Giants and Dodgers played. Um, but there's still a lot of excitement. I think um, you know, Warriors fans have a little bit of a like little brother complex with the Lakers, not just because the Lakers were so good for so long when the Warriors were awful, but because, you know, you went to Oracle arena back in the day and like, it was rocking with Warriors fans Mm -hmm. for 39 of the 41 games. And those two times when the Lakers are in town, it's just fills up somehow with Lakers fans. And, and it drove people crazy. Like you're on the public transit and everyone's yelling, Kobe, Kobe. And you're like, oh my God. The well, I don't know if you knew this, but diehards. all of Golden State's jerseys historically are actually reversible. If you just turn them inside out, they're Lakers. Jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go up to my closet, test that theory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's, so, it's so funny that and it has everything to do, like you said, they don't, they only play four times a year. And historically, these teams haven't been good at the same time. And, and Laker fans travel so well that they just kind of engulf cities when the Lakers, like Atlanta is, is, you know, <laughs> kind of like, you know, Lakers, it, Vegas is, 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 is an extension of, of LA. Um, it's kind of like the Dodgers going down and playing in San Diego, right? Where, mm-hmm. It is essentially a Dodgers home game, even when right now, like the Padres have been good for a little while. Uh, well, good. They win off, <laughs> but like they, they aren't, they aren't so successful in the regular season. Um, but, but even while they're on this run, the Dodgers fans just show up and they just yeah. engulf that, that stadium. And I, I think here with what's going to be really interesting is it is a new arena. Um, it is going to be something that, that and from everything that I've heard, it's a super, cool arena and they really built it designed it with basketball in mind Mm -hmm. and that's going to make for a really cool vibe it's just a matter of like how many laker fans are going to be able to get their hands on these resale tickets and what the warriors do to 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 stop that and and um i i I can't wait it's it's a it's a it's a fascinating matchup between these two teams it's a fascinating matchup between the two cities like they just utah it's so funny i live out here in texas now and um, we, you know, we have neighbors who have been, who, who grew up in Texas and they'll say like, Oh, you're from California. Those guys over there are from California. And the first response is always like, yeah, but like North or South because, <laughs> uh, be, and, and, and so one of, you know, and, and we've become closer over the year or so that we've lived in this house, but, uh, my buddy, Andrew lives down the street. He's from San Francisco. He's a big giants fan, big name, Niners fan, big, uh, Warriors fan. And, and they introduce us like, you know, the, the first time that he and I met, they, you know, the, the people who introduced us were like, yeah, he's also from California. And I was wearing, I think I just happened to be wearing like a Lakers shirt and he was wearing a, 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 a giant shirt. And, and 
and we just both said, oh, okay, go fuck yourself. You know, (laughs) we just can't stand. (laughs) And I'm, I'm really excited because like the best rivalries extend beyond just the teams, right? Like back when the Lakers and and the Celtics, uh, you know, when, when those games pop off, it's because Laker, you know, LA people hate Boston people hate everything. And and, then Boston people look at LA people as like the antithesis of what they value in a person partially because they're Brown Lakers fans. And so like, like when, when we, when I look at this rivalry here between the city of LA and the city of San Francisco and the area, the Bay area and just Southern California in general, I think like this should be hopefully something that really ignites in a way that it hasn't previously. So do you, do you think, do you think we'll get there is my question. Do you think we'll actually get this, like, can, can this be the beginning of the actual rivalry? I think so, but I, I think it's going to require a little bit of luck. I yeah. think we're going to need Donahue. Yeah, we're going to need Donahue. That's exactly mm-hmm. it. We're going to need some postseason matchups, like, yeah. or it, at the very least, some drama in the standings as it comes down to the wire in the regular season, which doesn't happen as much in the NBA. You know, we're obviously not going to get what we just experienced uh, in baseball. Mm -hmm. Uh, where it's just like a tight race because no one actually cares between the first and second seed in the NBA. But like something like that, where they're going head to head all season, a playoff matchup a year or two. Um, I think honestly, it's, it's easier for the Warriors fans to develop that rivalry and hatred with the Lakers fans in part because they hate LeBron James so much from, you know, (laughs) prior versions of Mm him. Um, So they've got a little bit of that ingrained. And I I think it'll be interesting to see like if, and when LeBron finally starts to like fade a little bit, can the Lakers keep that dominance going? Can, can they remain kind of a villainous figure to a lot of different fan bases, which I assume they'll be able to. And then it becomes, you know, can the Warriors match that? Uh, But if we get just this year and next year of them being close to equals, having some intense games, hopefully some intense moments, maybe some, you know, drawing some ejections some shoving things like that. I think that'll go a long way towards, towards it. And truthfully, the Dodgers and giants being good at the same time probably helps this because it does fuel that. Like, cause when the giants were bad, it's like the perfect lead up. It's like an appetizer here. And it's like, like you were mentioning with, with the cities, like when the giants were bad and the Dodgers were good, it didn't feel quite as much like it was about the cities. It felt a little bit more like it was like, well, this is a rivalry that that's a rivalry. It's giants hate the Dodgers. It's orange versus blue, yada, mm-hmm. yada. When they're both good, it really starts to feel like Bay area versus Southern California. Yeah. Fuck you. You know? Yes. And, yeah. <laughs> and so I think a lot of the Warriors fans have that like going through their veins right now. And I'm guessing a lot of Lakers fans have that just, pulsing through their veins that they're like, no, screw you other side of this state. You're not, you're not as good as us. Right. And right. so this is, I think, you know, I think this will be cathartic for Warriors fans who are Giants fans to get to play LA on Tuesday. And yeah. Like, well, maybe we can get a little bit of this crap back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think we're getting, I think we're getting there. I think, you know, it's never going to be that baseball rivalry, but I, I think, I think the next few years could be a really good rivalry and, and that would be just so much fun. Yeah. Well, it's, it's also rare in that, like, cause you know, I, I, I grew up a Lakers fan and, and as such, I hate everything Boston, even though like I went to Boston and I enjoyed the city. Don't tell anybody, but it was like, you know, the food was really good. <laughs> Some of the people were nice. Um, and so like, but 
you know, if I see the Patriots are on and I see or, you know, the Bruins or something like that, there is some like, oh, well, I'll just root for the other team because I don't like Boston. But this could be the rare city to city, you know, rivalry that extends beyond a sport specifically. You know, it could you could you could get the rare like, you know, where Niners fans and Rams fans start really hating each other mm-hmm. because you have. And, and, and so, you know, if, if this can be a chapter or one of the earlier chapters in those two cities legitimately hating each other from a, from a sports standpoint, I'm here for it. It's fun. Oh, yeah. I, I oh, love yeah. the shit talking. I, I I love all of that. Let, let, let's, let's get it going. And that's what I'm I, here for. I fully agree. Cause so like I live in Los Angeles, um, you know, grew up in Northern California and moved to LA after college. And like the first few years I would walk around LA in, in a warrior's hat. And like the mm-hmm. only comments I ever got were from like other Bay area transplants who were like, yeah, I go yeah. warriors. Right. And I, I was so disappointed. I yeah. was like, where are the people giving me the finger. Yeah. Where are the people making snide remarks as I walk by? And it's gotten better over the years as the Warriors got better. But like still, if I wear a Giants hat, that's when I start to get, yeah. you know, the comments. And I love it. And, and I hope that that just keeps growing because I love experiencing that part of the rivalry, the, the trash talking and the yeah. pettiness. It's so much fun. And I want to like have to think before I put on a Warriors hat, like, do I want to deal with this today when I go outside to get yeah. coffee? Like, do I want to deal with, with that shit talking and do I want to get into it with someone? Yeah. Awesome. Put on the hat. Let's go. <laughs> that's fun. It is. That's what sports are for. That's the like, cause we aren't active participants in the game, obviously like dude, we, we aren't impacting what the, the Lakers or the Warriors do on the court. So this we is our Super really, Bowl, damn it. Right. So like we can, we can, the one way that we can actually become participants is like if we wear the hat and, and have crap fired at us. Like that's, that's, that's what, that's how, that's our role in this. You got to do your part. Exactly. You got to do your part. That'll be the name of this, uh, this show. <laughs> All right. Well, this was a blast, dude. I'm really looking forward to uh, the, the matchup uh, tomorrow night. By the time you guys are listening to this. It's uh, it, it's unfortunately only going to be kind of an appetizer because Clay isn't playing. Half of the Lakers' rotation is is out, um, and we'll just have to, you know, we'll get this taste, and then in like February or Christmas or whatever, we'll get closer to to actual real matchups between these two teams. But I still think it's going to be entertaining as hell. I think it's going to be a really close game, and and both these teams are really going to be, you know, clawing at each other's necks. And and I'm I'm here for it. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm a zillion percent here for it. It's going to be great. What a better way to start the NBA season than LeBron versus Draymond, LeBron versus Steph, AD versus Draymond, Russ versus Steph. I mean, come on. This is the perfect way to start the season. Exactly. All right. So that was uh, Blady Cropfer Cropfer of Golden State of Mind. Uh, He does all kinds of – you do Sparks coverage too, right? And and, and some some other stuff there at SB Nation. So check out all of his stuff, um, and, and I'll talk to you soon, bud. Sounds good. Enjoy the game, Anthony. Thanks for having me, man.